Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Day 7 of training camp is in the books. And the 49ers are beginning block 3 of training camp. So how it works is they split these training camp sessions up into groups of threes. And the 49ers are beginning the part 3 of uh, their ascension. And Kyle Shanahan talked a little bit in his press conference about how they're building up for the reps that they're looking to get. And that today was an easy day and that they were going to ascend to a bigger number of reps tomorrow. So we saw in block two that there was one day that I think it was Monday that Brock Purdy took 27 reps with the first team. And that is kind of being the trend. They're working towards getting up to 40 snaps for the first team by the time they get to joint practices versus the Las Vegas Raiders next week. That's right. We're almost to joint practices Preseason is a little over a week away for the 49ers. Of course, Hall of Fame game tonight. So this is going to be a fun one. We're going to go over what happened at training camp today. You know, some of the the guys who are are continuing the upward trend. We also have, unfortunately, you know, some injuries and some guys that are banged up. We're going to go through that as well. And I want to play some clips from the Kyle Shanahan press conference because I thought there was a couple of interesting things that he said that maybe he could give us some insight on a few players and maybe even a position group. So those will be coming along the way as well. So thanks everyone uh, for coming through and joining. If you're in chat, uh, thanks so much. What's up, Josh? How's it going? Dana in the house. Uh, what's up? And Josh says Mitchell is hurt again. And that's where I'm going to start. Elijah Mitchell was reported today that he is dealing with an abductor strain. That's going to keep him out for a week. So it's not a huge injury, but I think all of us are kind of having that PTSD of like, oh, no, not again. Uh, you know, this is this is something that's not good as far as what Elijah Mitchell has done in the past with injuries. So, yeah, the 49ers, not exactly, I'm sure, happy about this. But at least it's something that's pretty minor and nothing that's involving the knee. The knees were a big problem for him last year, two sprained knees. And I, Elijah Mitchell's looks so good at practice. I just don't want him to be injured. I want him to be healthy for week one of the regular season. So if they need to scale him back a little bit, I hope they do. But they're going to be cautious, of course. And I'm hoping that this is just a small little setback that's not going to be something that's going to predict his future of the season where he's going to have more injuries. Because even though I love Jordan Mason, uh, Elijah Mitchell has a little bit of a different aspect to his game than Jordan Mason has. And I want the 49ers to be able to have Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and Jordan Mason because each one of them are entirely unique and add something uh, particular to the offense. And I want them to be able to have that on the field. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan does 
as well. So abductor strain for Elijah Mitchell. The good news is Jalen Moore, who went down at practice on Tuesday uh, with the left knee, walked gingerly over to the cart and got on the cart. The good news was it's being reported that it's a bone bruise, according to Kyle Shanahan. So uh, they're very optimistic. They said he's day-to-day. When it's a big guy like this and you have a bone bruise, you can expect him to probably be out a couple of days. So I would expect Jalen Moore uh, to come back sometime you know, probably if, if the 49ers are really careful with him, it'll probably be Monday for Dwight Clark Day or even, you know, just bringing him back for the Raiders. I don't think they need to rush him back. He was playing really well. So make sure this guy is healthy and that way he can continue uh, on the upward trend that he had because the 49ers offensive line had to feel really good with Jalen Moore. In fact, if you watched my video that I had come out yesterday, it was all about stock up 49ers and Jalen Moore was on that list. I felt that he's just had very good, consistent days at left tackle. Is it perfect? No. But when you've seen how Jalen Moore has progressed and continued to get better and hone his craft, I like the uh, ascension that he's had. So I'm uh, really excited about Jalen Moore. Glad this wasn't a season-ending thing or something that was going to end up putting him on pup or making him unavailable for the beginning of the year. So that's good news for Jalen Moore. Uh, his draft mate taken in the second round, Aaron Banks, is dealing with a concussion. So he's in concussion protocol and missing practice. So the 49ers having some injuries along the offensive line, usually the way it goes, right? We're talking about guys that were missing practice along the defensive line with Austin Bryant, Robert Beal, Kalia Davis. And now here we are talking about the other side of the ball. Usually hits position groups in waves, and it's taking on the 49ers front seven. But what do you expect when you have, you know, trenches and offensive and defensive linemen that really get after it, I think that's part of it. And John Feliciano, the other guard who's the, the main backup, you can add him to the list. They said he had a shoulder strain, but Kyle Shannon did say he almost went today and he will probably go tomorrow because he's day-to-day. So I think that is good news. The 49ers also had so many vets that missed practice with it being an easy day. I think it was a good idea for Kyle Shannon to have them miss. So that way those veterans get two days off yesterday and today, and then they'll practice for two, and then they'll have Sunday off. Then they'll practice on Monday, and I think it'll put them in a direct uh, relationship to where they want to be when they're going to be playing uh, the Raiders for those joint practices because it's all about ramping up for that, but taking advantage of these guys missing practice. That meant Trent Williams, which this has been something he's done the entire training camp uh, session since they've been back. Christian McCaffrey, same thing. George Kittle has missed a lot of team as well. Dre Greenlaw, this was his first vet day, but Kyle Shanahan did say it was a vet day. And then Tayshawn Gibson was another guy who was notably missing. And I think the 49ers, you know, this is smart of them to go ahead and rest these guys and make sure that they're going to be healthy when time comes. Uh, so I, I think I'm I'm good with with that overall. And you know, I'm going to go through and I'll kind of look at some of these comments and comment along the way, uh, but I do have a script that I'm going to kind of stick to, and Josh is already hitting on some of them. Uh, but Lou says, hi, Ant. Uh, Matt Mayoko talked up Ambry Thomas, but everybody else is not that impressed. What is your take so far? So my, my thought on Ambry Thomas is, uh, you know, 2021, I think we were all pleasantly surprised with who Ambry was. And I overall, I thought 2022 was a letdown. He didn't look the same. He looked thinner. He looked less physical. He looked less confident. 
And I think that in 2023 so far in training camp, I trend more towards what Matt Mayoko is saying. I'm not so much talking him up, but I think there's an improvement from 2022 to 2023. Is there that development to where you can expect him to go out there and start over Diablo Lenore? No. Uh, is he still fourth, potentially fourth cornerback on the depth chart? Yes. I, I think right now, you know, I mean, if you're leaving out, I'm talking outside corners, because if you're bringing up, you know, guys that are playing corner uh, in the nickel, then it's going to be even longer list. But I think he's the fourth outside corner. I think Sam Womack is third. But overall, I think Ambry Thomas is having a good, solid training camp. Uh, I definitely don't think he's a guy, you know, that we should hate on. Does he get beat sometimes by guys like uh, Brandon Ayuk? Yes. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is special right now. So I, I wouldn't take any stock in anyone talking about, oh, Ayuk's always cooking Ambry Thomas. Ayuk's cooking everyone. That's just the way it is. He's like a chef on that field as a wide receiver. It's been really ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's special. And so I think Ambry Thomas has improved. He worked on his body. He worked on his skill set. He seems very, uh, you know, linked into what he's supposed to do. So I, I'm excited about him. And what's up, Donald J. Ellie? How are you all doing? I'm glad you are here in chat. So it's one of those things where I'm definitely happy with his progress right now. And I think we're we're looking at guys, you know, who are making progress at several positions and doing a good job. And I did see a couple of of good comments here. And and one of those was. Uh, Lou says Burford is not impressing the pundits either. What's your take? I, I, I don't know what the pundits always watch. I think Spencer Burford's been doing just fine. I've watched, you know, him and team do a, a lot of good things, but I want you to think about Spencer Burford, who he goes against in practice. So your choices are Eric Armstead, who is one of the better tackles in the league. Javon Hargrave, who's, even better than Eric Armstead as far as stats and everything. He's great. Or a rekindled Javon Kinlaw. Like, those are the guys you get to choose to go against. And you're you're kind of off times when you're getting a little bit of a break. You're going against a guy who's a great penetrator like Kevin Givens. It's not easy sledding if you're an interior offensive lineman for the 49ers. People will look at the one-on-one -on -one drills and expect Burford to be able to block some of these guys one-on-one -on -one in obvious pass sets. That's not good for any interior offensive lineman, let alone Spencer Burford. So I think Burford has looked slimmer. He's looked quicker. He's been making his blocks on the edge. And I think when we get into 11 on 11, he holds his own. And it feels like him, Brendel, and Colt McKivitz have a really good chemistry together. So I'm not worried about Spencer Burford and whether he's impressing or not. I think there's too much value sometimes put into one-on-ones. But also, you just have to look who he's going against. Iron sharpening iron. When Spencer Burford gets uh, into the regular season, how often is he going to see a player as good as uh, Javon Hargrave or Eric Armstead? It's not going to be consistent. So I I'm not really worried about it. Uh, but it's, you know, I mean, people's uh, uh, kind of attention to things is one thing, you know, like they pay attention to certain things. It's not something I look at. When I'm evaluating players, I often look at their footwork, their hand placement. Uh, you know, the type of set that they're getting when they're coming into their slide. Uh, when I'm talking about slide, I'm talking about kick slide. Those are all things that are being evaluated right now and less about, you know, whether they're getting, you know, a pass rush move put on them because that's just inevitable, especially when you don't have support from a center or from a tackle. And also the defender knows what the play is going to be. So 
I, I think I'm just, you know, I'm okay with how everything is going right now um, with Spencer Burford. And I think he's going to continue to uh, develop. I'm not really worried about it. And, and what's up, Freddie? How's it going? What's up, Baron? Uh, how's it going? And it is, it's a, you know, it's, it's been fun so far. Training camp has been good. We've seen a lot of improvements. Josh talking about Jamison over Thomas. And I think Deshaun Jamison has been on a lot of people's radar. And I'm going to say this about Deshaun Jamison. I think he's been good with his footwork. He's been consistent. I think he's definitely within the conversation. Now I want to see what it looks like when we get into preseason games. You know, when he's going out there and having to compete against some of these other players, you know, how is he going to look? I think that's what I'm really curious. But I think it is within striking distance for him to be able to make some plays and then make this roster. So I wouldn't put Deshaun Jameson out of it for sure. Uh, I wouldn't put him in right now only because, you know, when you've got Lenore, Mooney, Isaiah Oliver, that's three. And then you've got guys like Ambry Thomas and uh, Samuel Womack, depending on how many corners you keep, it's it's going to be interesting, not to mention you do have uh, Darrell Luter Jr. that will be coming back pretty soon. He's been working out on the side field, usually before practice. So it, there's going to be some decisions that need to be made. And we'll see if they make them. Now, as far as the offensive line goes, because we had Feliciano out and we had Aaron Banks out, we got a good look at Nick Zakel and Jason Poe. They were splitting reps at left guard. And so what you're starting to see is some of these young guys getting opportunities. It's often mixed results. But what do we talk about? That's how these guys are going to get better, going against the bigger, better talent. And poor Nick Zakel, when he goes against Javon Kinlaw, I mean, Zakel's not small. He's six foot six. He's well over 300 pounds. Uh, but throughout training camp, we've seen uh, Zakel work and battle to go against Kinlaw. Early on, Kinlaw would just drive him back and blow him up, uh, and he couldn't anchor. He's done better in some recent snaps against Kinlaw, but that is a tough matchup for Zakel for sure. And so I think that it's going to be good work, and I do think that there's an actual battle between Nick Zakel and Jason Poe. I think the 49ers came into the season because of Zakel's versatility to play center and guard, thinking that Zakel and Feliciano were going to be the interior offensive lineman subs. And I think now Jason Poe has played good enough to make it a conversation. We'll see, though, because the 49ers valued Zakel enough last year to keep him on the active 53-man roster while putting Jason Poe on the practice squad. So I think that's something to consider as well. Now, along with this, I left tackle. Leroy Watson got first-team reps uh, because of the injury to Jalen Moore and Trent Williams having the vet day. So Watson's getting some real work. And to be honest, Watson's had a pretty good camp. Uh, the development going from playing tight end at uh, UTSA to playing left tackle in the NFL, I think is going pretty well. Uh, do I see a guy that is a smooth criminal, uh, you know, like Trent Williams? No, I don't. Uh, do I see a guy who's getting better and better every single day? Yes. I think if we look at this year kind of more like Leroy Watson's rookie season and have those sorts of expectations for him, I think that puts us in a better category of where he's at because uh, he's he's definitely learning the position still, but progressing at a pretty ni nice rate. So I like Leroy Watson. I don't know if he's ultimately going to make this team. I think Jalen Moore has definitely been outplaying him. And with the fact Matt Pryor didn't go from right tackle to left tackle with the injury to Jalen Moore, it appears that Chris Furster is continuing the model that he started setting up over the last couple of years. Instead of having a swing tackle that would play both right and left, 
He gets guys that are more size-specific, uh, so they can just hone in on their skills. So it appears Pryor is right tackle backup, and then uh, Jalen Moore is left tackle backup, and in this case, Leroy Watson. So uh, I'm I'm excited to watch Leroy Watson during the preseason again. I want to see him playing against these uh, Raiders edge rushers. Of course, most of it will probably be the backups, but I think it's something interesting that we're going to be able to watch uh, because this offensive line is still taking shape, even though I think the 49ers came into camp with a pretty good idea who they were going to keep. And if Chris Furster continues this model, it looks like the 49ers are going to keep nine offensive linemen because they'll keep the two interior guys, Nick Zakel and John Feliciano, and then the two tackles, Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore. So that way they don't have to worry about a guy flipping back and forth, which which means who's going to be on the practice squad? Is it going to be Leroy Watson? You know, is, is it going to be Jason Poe again? I think those are some question marks uh, that we're going to have to see within this 49ers offensive line. But I like where Chris Furster continues to work and develop these guys along that offensive line. And so I think we here we are. We're 18, almost 18 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about quarterbacks, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. Uh, but I wanted to see what everyone was kind of saying uh, Josh is saying, just Kyle Stash looter on the pup this year. I thought for a second, you know, that that was a possibility uh, that they were just going to stash Darrell Luter Jr. Um, but I think now that, you know, we're getting to this point, I don't think that's the case. Um, so potentially we'll see what happens with Darrell Luter Jr. But I don't think they're stack, you know, stashing him there. I think they're going to go ahead and bring him back at some point, but I wouldn't put, put it past Kyle Shanahan uh, to do that because I mean, you got to keep these really good talented players. And I think uh, sometimes that's, you know, how, how you do it. Uh, Derek says, how is Ronnie bell doing? Uh, Ronnie bell is doing a, a good job. I haven't seen him, you know, step up beyond uh, and, and be crazy good, but I think he's done a, a very solid job uh, for the 49ers. And I think that he's in the running right now. They have, you know, some really solid guys, but overall, he's just got to continue to develop, and we'll see if opportunities come his way. Freddie says, what's the deal with Joey Fisher uh, practice squad? I think that's the most realistic uh, option for Joey Fisher right now. I think he's put in some good reps. Uh, he's looked good at times, but he's got some work that he's going to have to do, and I think he'll get there. You know, I think it's just a matter of time before uh, he develops into a solid player, and he may be a year off. But I do think Joey Fisher is a realistic option uh, for the 49ers on their practice squad uh, in 2023. So we'll we'll see how that plays out, and you know if he ends up becoming uh, the guy that you know we all hope he can be. Uh, but I think that's that's the trend right now is who you know he could possibly be. So let's talk a little bit about quarterbacks. Of course, Brock Purdy. Uh, the big story, wasn't expected to practice today, and then he shows up, and he gets 18 reps. Tomorrow will probably be vastly more, and then he'll have an off day on Saturday. But Brock Purdy ends up going 7 of 11, which, I mean, is, is whatever, right? Uh, but it's more about the reps. He had 18. Trey Lance had 13 reps uh, during the day, and he was 5 of 8. And then there was an INT. And with the INT, I kind of wanted to play a little bit about um, you know, what Kyle Shanahan had to say about the I, the INT, because I think a lot of times context is so important, and Kyle Shanahan is going to give us a really good idea of what Trey was looking at and why he threw the interception. I'm just 
tried to throw it over the hooker and the hooker got under it. So when they it's a high low and he was too deep and he wanted the deep throw and uh, he's got to check it down. It's just real simple, right? I mean, uh, the guy, you know, was coming underneath and Trey tried to get it over the top, but he sagged a little bit far. Trey should have went underneath with the football, but he took a shot trying to get there and it just didn't work out for him, you know? And I think that sometimes happens. That's why these practice ones are good learning experiences. Uh, so with that, I'm kind of okay with interceptions happening. I've seen Brock throw interceptions. I've seen Trey throw interceptions. You know, I've seen Sam Darnold throw near interceptions. To me, this is just something that the, the players are learning through. You're getting these reps. You're learning what you can get away with, what throws you can make, uh, what wide receivers can do what. Uh, and I think you take chances. And I think Kyle Shanahan encourages them to take chances with their throws as long as it's the right read. I think in this category, Kyle believes that it wasn't the right read. So he's going to have to continuing to uh, work on it. But overall, I think, you know, we got three solid quarterbacks. And it's nice to hear that these guys are going to continue uh, their development. So far, I've thought Brock Purdy has continued to get better every single day. I feel like Trey Lance has been very consistent and he stacked good reps. And this is the most confident I've seen him in the 49ers uniform. And then I think Sam Darnold, who had another really good day, uh, just continues to be consistent. He did have a bad day on Tuesday, but he bounced right back. Six of eight, 14 reps. So him and Trey Lance are almost equaling on reps. And then what pleased a lot of people was Brandon Allen didn't get any reps. And I think uh, somewhat this is a kind of a trend. They were working Brandon Allen. They had to have him ready for preseason. They had to make sure Brock was going to keep moving along his trajectory. And then what they're going to do is probably days that Brock isn't available, Brandon Allen will get some of those reps. So I think we're going to see Allen's reps start to kind of slow up over the next couple weeks. And I did see comment come in here uh, about Tay Martins. Uh, Josh said, Tay Martin making the 53. I don't think that Tay Martin is going to make the 53-man roster. Uh, as much as I like his hustle and the way he's looked, he has made some catches. I think it's going to be really difficult for the 49ers to keep all the wide receivers that have been showing up and showing out for them. Because I don't think it's even a question about the top guys for the 49ers. I, I don't. I think the top guys for the 49ers have proven themselves consistently, those top four guys. And I include Ray Ray McLeod in that with Jawan Jennings, Debo, and Brandon Ayuk. And then I think after that, we've seen some really good things from Danny Gray. We've seen some very good things from Chris Conley. We've seen Ronnie Bell making some plays. Uh, so to me, I think that, you know, consistently, there's just, I don't know if there's an opportunity for Tay Martin, but I do think he has showed enough for sure to be on the practice squad. And he is proving to be a real special teams uh, player that can help the football team. So I think that it's a possibility that we could get some of that. Uh, from Tay Martin here in the next, you know, little bit of time that we get like another push. Uh, but overall, I mean, this wide receiver room is stacked. And I think it's good news for the 49ers because we've had some young players, you know, that have been able to really help the football team. And I think one of those has been Danny Gray. And, you know, you guys have heard me on here talk about how happy I've been with his progress in training camp. I've just seen a player that has been consistently good. Uh, his routes have been solid. He's been using his speed. They've been integrating him into the offense. 
uh, using his his abilities to get vertical, but also running him on crossers, running him on on comebacks and digs. And so I've liked what Danny Gray, where he has been. And, you know, they asked Kyle Shanahan about Danny Gray. And I'm going to play this uh, video clip about what Kyle Shanahan said about Danny Gray's training camp so far. Um, I think he's having a real good camp. You know, he put the work in in phase one, two, and three. Um, was able to get through OTAs, um, working hard and not having an injury. And um, he obviously spent the 40 days away well because he's catching the ball well. He's in real good shape. And um, he's been out there very consistently. And the ball came his way a little more today. I mean, he just likes where Danny Gray's at. You know, I mean, Danny Gray did a really good job of of working himself and doing, you know, everything that he could do uh, during the offseason. And, you know, I, there was a really good article that came out, I believe it was in the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, that came out today. And, you know, they're talking about how Danny Gray took things in his life, like hanging out and doing things with his friends and kind of put those things on the back burner and replaced them with football. And I thought it was a really nice uh, way to kind of a, address what Danny Gray is doing to put himself in a better situation, um, you know, for this 49ers football team. So I've been excited about Danny Gray from everything I've saw out at training camp. I thought he's consistently looked good every single day. And I know that he wasn't always getting opportunities with the ball being targeted to him. But like Kyle said, he had some opportunities today and he took advantage of those. And I think that's all you can count on and ask for from Danny Gray. And, you know, today he made a great catch on a ball across the middle play action from Sam Darnold, big time catch. And I think that's what we're seeing. Danny Gray is going to be able to add to this offense. And I think it's real realistic that, Hey, when Ayuk or Debo need to come out, uh, you have guys that can go in like Ray Ray and Danny Gray and fill those roles. And to be honest, that's what you need. If Danny Gray could step up and be a solid backup X uh, behind Brandon Ayuk, I think the 49ers would be very excited about that. And, I, you know, that's one of the things when you have young players, you have to kind of let them grow and develop and, and become, you know, impact players for your football team. And Danny Gray, you know, last year, one catch, 10 yards. I'm sure it was frustrating. He had one carry for 12 yards, not really getting to make the impact that he was expecting. And I think sometimes young players have a hard time looking back on that and, and saying to themselves, they, you have two ways to go. You can get frustrated and start giving up on yourself, or you can do like Danny Gray did, reassess, say, hey, I'm going to get even better. I'm going to put football first and other categories of my life and make sure that I go out there and get it done. So uh, I think so. And, and Donald says they definitely are keeping Gray. And then Donald says, has Gray been more consistent on using his speed to get separation because that was a knock on him coming out? Yeah, he, he's doing that. He uses his speed. His routes are clean and crisp. He's able to get in and out of his breaks at a high level. Uh, to me, he's done a very good job, Donald. I've been impressed with Danny Gray overall, and I think Gray's added a lot uh, to this football team, and I think you're going to see his speed on display for them all season long. Now, one thing that I've been kind of watching, and you guys who've been following my, my content so far during training camp is I've been watching the 49ers young tight ends because the belief has been, you know, within the San Francisco 49ers organization and with fans, and I've been talking about it for a few years, I felt like they needed to upgrade tight end two and tight end three behind George Kittle. Well, they went out in the draft and they executed by getting Cameron Latu in round three, Braden Willis in round seven, and those guys are coming in to compete. They still have Charlie Warner, they still have Ross Dwelly, and then they have Troy Fumagalli as the veterans. 
So you have to overtake them as a young rookie. And it's very difficult to translate to playing tight end in the NFL. And I've been watching these guys. And one of the question marks has been for me, how are they going to translate in the run game? Are they going to be able to block in line? And we've seen it be hit and miss. I've seen Cameron Latu make a block here or there. I've seen Braden Willis try. They put him on the first team and to see what he could do. Um, but, you know, both of them are working in the run game. And I thought Kyle Shanahan had some really great comments. This was some great questions from the reporter, which you'll hear. Uh, but he's talking Cameron Latu. He's talking uh, Braden Willis and how they're doing at 49ers training camp and kind of how they're transitioning from college to the NFL. I think it's hard. I mean, we got, I mean, everyone knows George. And then when you look at um, Charlie and Dwelly, I mean, they're as consistent of what they do and they've been here for so long. Um, and the tight ends are so much that go, we asked our tight ends probably to do more than any other position because how involved they are in the run game and the pass game. And those guys are getting thrown in it big. We just finished really our whole install and hopefully it slows down a little bit for both of them as we get going here. Is tight end as hard a position to, to get a rookie reps out there? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, just um, one, we got some depth at it, but I mean, they're getting the reps, um, but it's just all the stuff that takes a while to do. I mean, you can show up in one-on-ones and things like that, but we're trying to get them to play in our offense and learn how, I mean, it's hard to go out there as a tight end in the pass game if you can't contribute in the run game. And so you got to work at both just as much. And um, those guys don't get a lot of that in college football. I think that gave us a really good idea, you know, of what Kyle sees from these tight ends and, you know, he talked about how much is put on a tight end that might be the toughest position on the football team to be able to adjust to. And then you've got, you know, the fact that these two young guys have to be able to not just do it in the passing game, uh, but also do it in the run game. And, you know, over the time that I've seen Braden Willis, I've seen him get more involved in the passing game. A few targets on Tuesday, you know, four targets today. I think that Braden Willis is starting to be used a little bit more uh, depending on you know what the 49ers are working on in their install. And Kyle talked about the install for the offense. And so I think these guys are going to continue to progress as they get more in tune with what the 49ers want from their tight ends. And they increase their ability to block because when it comes down to it, 49ers tight ends have to be able to block, not just catch the football. So Latu and Braden Willis have a lot of work to do. And like he said, they have veterans that already know how to do this thing. Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, they do such a great job. So uh, I think the 49ers are happy with the rookies, but they know there's a long way to go. The good news is for those rookies is we're only a couple weeks into camp. So you have plenty of time to continue to develop. And let's see what happens when we get into these preseason games and see how these guys start operating within this 49ers offense. And maybe they'll start showing up and showing out, not just blocking, but also being able to catch the football as well. And Donald says, which tight end rookie looks most likely to over overtake the vets? I think if I had to say right now, my belief would be it would be Braden Willis. And the reason being Braden Willis is a little bit farther along uh, as far as his blocking uh, and then just understanding his the, what he needs to do in the offense. You could definitely tell Cameron Latu is more green, uh, but I do like some of the things I see from Latu. I've watched him in one-on-one, -on -one, so I can kind of see his route running. And, you know, he's had some some nifty ways to be able to create separation. I think it's unique. And I think sometimes when people see it, uh, they think he looks slow or he looks unathletic. Uh, but to me, I think it's like Jawan Jennings, where there's little, like, subtleties to his 
his uh, route running that make him a little bit more difficult to guard at times. And there was one play he had on Tuesday. He restacked. Uh, so he got he got past Jair Brown and he restacked and got over the top of him. And then he gave a little bit of an extra move and kind of got a little bit of about a one or two yard drift into the interior part of the field. And if Brandon Allen would have led him over the top, it would have been a touchdown. Allen threw to the outside and out of bounds. So I don't know if it was a mistake by Allen or a mistake by Latu, but that little subtle movement threw Jair Brown off and created separation. So I think those those little intricacies within his his uh, route running could pay huge dividends but we'll have to see how it plays out on the field. And if it plays out well, uh, then he's going to you know, be able to kind of step forward and make a play. If uh, Cameron Latu isn't developing at a high level, likely the 49ers will keep four tight ends because uh, I don't see them getting rid of Latu early, but Braden Willis could make this football team and be able to help for sure. So I, I kind of like the development of those guys overall, and I think they're doing uh, a really good job. And, that's what we're you know expecting from training camp is the ascension of some of the young players and uh, the development of, and they're just going to keep getting better and better. So uh, really excited overall about how training camp is headed. There'll be another training camp episode, you know, uh, coming after tomorrow's practice. Uh, thanks everyone for joining me on 40 yards cutback on believe. I really appreciate it. I hope I catch you guys all on the next one until then stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.